0: In the psalm just a minute ago, it was psalming so well, the last verse that we heard was, Instruct me, O Lord, in the way of your statutes. Another word for law. In your law, that I may exactly observe them. I may exactly observe them. I don't know if the saying's around anymore, but we used to say close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, okay? God, I want to do it right. I want to live my life solely unto you. Give me discernment that I may observe your law and keep it with all of my heart. Instruct me, O Lord. We ask for it in the Old Testament, and we got it in the life and the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this morning's gospel that I just read, Jesus has given us some insight into how he expects us to live and to behave. And I'm speaking right now to all of you, but especially to these 35 right here, who are living in a world where life has become cheap, to the point in some neighborhoods having no value at all. That is not the way God calls us to live speaking to them about sexuality, which has become a commodity. We use it to sell this and to sell that and to sell this and to sell that, and we don't care how our entertainers dress or behave. Jesus does. I hate to break it to you, but you are on a pilgrimage towards confirmation in the Roman Catholic Church And the church teaches what Jesus taught, which means life, all life, from the moment of conception to natural death, has value. And that human sexuality is a gift to be shared between a husband and a wife. That's where we share it. So, we heard this this morning. Jesus helps us to see that sinning against the law, the commandments, doesn't only mean doing the actual thing that the commandment forbids. I was going to hear the confession of a group about that size several years ago. I said, well, why are you all here? They said, well, uh, you know, we've got to do this because it's part of our journey towards um, confirmation. And I said, oh, have you all killed anybody recently? No. Oh, you got some other stuff to talk about? Yeah. Okay, well, those are the things that we need to talk about. Sinning against the commandments Involves our attitude, our intent, and what is in our hearts. It's not unusual, I know, in a state of anger to have thoughts of dislike or even hatred towards another person or another group of people, even to the point of saying it out loud or wishing for something bad. To happen to that person, though we would never actually harm them. I heard a horrible story this week about life in public housing in Philadelphia. Lots of focus on Philadelphia and Kansas City this week. It just happened to be in Philadelphia, but I'm sure it's true in, in many places. One gang Ran these group of apartments from this corner to this corner. Another gang ran this corner to this corner and everything that went on in there. Now there was one young man who lived on this side. There was another young man who lived on that side. To survive, they felt they had to join. A gang. Even though they were blood cousins. Blood cousins. They hated each other. Because this gang hated that gang. Hate. Hate. You know, it's human nature to feel, or display anger at times. But Jesus tells us that these are feelings and attitudes and actions for which we will be judged. So when I asked that group, have you killed anybody recently? No. Have you been some angry that you felt like you could if you could get away with it? You know, they used to say that the difference between a friend and a really good friend is a friend will help you move on a Saturday. A really good friend will help you move a body in the dead of night. Jesus says that feelings and attitudes and actions, we will be judged the responsibility lies with each of us to form our conscience fully. Now, I'm sure they've heard those words already. They're, they're Catholic-speak, okay? What we're saying is, you got to know right and wrong, and it needs to go to the core of your being. It's not just to say, well, I haven't killed anybody recently. No. It goes to the very core of our being. We need that fully formed conscience so that we recognize when we, on the inside, have crossed the line and are no longer meeting the spirit of the law, just because we can tell a silly old father, no, I haven't killed anybody recently. That's not enough. And a fully formed conscience on the inside of each and every one of us, a God-given gift, tells us when we have crossed the line that we are no longer meeting the spirit of the law, we're just barely able to meet the letter of the law, of the commandments. Now, I'm sure somebody's going to say immediately, well, Father, what about when Jesus got so angry? Yeah, you know that story, when Jesus got so angry. There are, is such a thing as righteous anger, such as anger towards the unfair treatment of another person or another human being, or... Righteous anger because we see actions that are truly, truly hurtful. Jesus displayed that kind of anger when he threw the money changers out of the temple to clear the sacred space for the profiting of certain religious practices. Now, some of you who are old enough to have been around maybe almost as long as I have, I'm going to take a statement that was made many years ago and I'm going to flip it just a little bit. I know Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. You aren't Jesus, okay? Let's get that cleared up real quickly. I know Jesus. And Jesus is a friend of mine. And you ain't no Jesus. So we have to hold ourselves to a higher authority. And when we think we've conned ourselves into believing, well, you know, it was righteous anger, maybe that fully formed conscience needs to take a look again and decide whether we have gone from meeting the spirit of the law to just barely Meeting the letter of the law. You know, it's spring. Everybody's out for track and field. And you've got high jumpers. You've got pole vaulters. Well, if you can get over that pole, sometimes you even have your backside kind of hit that pole and it bounces, but it stays on. It counts. And then somebody behind you, oh, they jump, they vault, and they clear that bar by that much. Okay? Letter of the law. Your backside got over, and it bounced, but it stayed on. Well, it counts. Well, it counts. Spirit of the law, you cleared that hole by that much. That's what Jesus calls us to do. Not just to, to be close, as in horseshoes and hand grenades, but to live lives that are above that. There used to be a saying, If Christianity, and I'm going to use the word Catholic Christianity because we're Catholics, if Catholic Christianity were illegal, could somebody follow you around for a day and find any evidence that would stand up in a court of law that you were an illegal Catholic Christian. Could anybody follow you around just for one day and find some evidence that you really take this journey seriously? I heard a news report this week. For some odd reason, some particular group up in Washington, D.C., has decided that Catholics, Catholics who want to attend a Latin mass are a threat to the greater society. Dear God, I don't know what people are thinking anymore. (laughs) I just don't. I give up. But if that be true, I would suggest to you that one day somebody's going to follow you around and just see how many times you get to Mass in a month. If you're four Masses in one month, if you make all four Sundays, ooh, we might need to put your name on a list. We live in a world, we live in a world that really doesn't care much about Christians. And because we are so easily identified, they really don't like Catholic Christians. So I'm going to suggest to, to these 35, and to all of you as well, that we need to try to go deeper into our faith through prayer, through spiritual reading, through scripture study, so as to cultivate a heart and a spirit that recognizes thoughts and attitudes which are contrary to keeping the spirit as well as the letter of the commandments, just as Jesus taught us. And I'm gonna go a bit further and let you know that Lent's coming, you know, we're supposed to get serious about our faith. It's gonna be here in 10 days. Not this Wednesday, but a week from Wednesday's Ash Wednesday. And it has been almost 2,000 years in the church where people have found that Lent was a great time to take a deeper dive into developing, fully developing a more discerning conscience. We pray for those of you who joined us this day after your journey, after your retreat. We pray that that's just the beginning of your full journey into the fullness of Christ. Amen. Now everybody keep your seat because I just got warmed up. I was gone a couple of weeks. I was gone a couple of weeks. And you know what? There is a rumor going around that we were supposed to do DSF last week. But because I was sick with COVID, the higher-ups, you know, God, Jesus, and Mario, (laughs) decided, oh, well, we'll just wait till the following week when Father's back and healthy. Oh, that dog. (laughs) That dog, he did it to me again. So what do I need to tell you? Well, the very first thing I need to tell you is I want to thank each and every one of you who participated in DSF. Yes, it's that time again. In DSF for 2022, our goal was $135,000, and we exceeded it to some number between 13,000 and 14,000 more, and that comes back to the parish, than our goal. So what I want you to hear first is thank you, and thank you, and thank you. Yes. And just like always, the in Office put together a video, it's short with Cardinal DiNardo. So cue it up, turn down the lights, and let's watch this video together.
1: opportunities to give today, it's easier now than ever before to support our Catholic faith. But important questions need to be answered. Where is your money going exactly? And how do you make the greatest impact with your gift? When you make a gift to the Diocesan Services Fund, you help impact more than 100,000 people of all ages involved in the largest private school system in Texas and enrolled in numerous religious education programs. Your gift provides care for the human and spiritual needs of so many. From supporting our families to the spiritual formation of young people and offering dignified care for the elderly to addressing the needs of different ethnic communities, the differently abled, and fostering respect for the sanctity of life, these DSF-supported ministries advance the love of Christ. Your gift impacts the education and formation of men for the priesthood and permanent diaconate and provides direct sacramental and pastoral care, spiritual direction, and fraternal support as they carry out their ministries. Your gift serves the least among us, the poor, the sick, and the incarcerated. DSF-supported ministries provide pastoral and sacramental aid to the disadvantaged, the disabled, and those who are most in need of God's healing grace. Whether comforting refugees or abused spouses, those confined to a prison cell or a hospital bed, these ministries are here to serve. Together, we can pray, give, and minister to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can turn to God, who is the strength of our heart, and be his hands and feet to those in need. The gifts we
0: bring to DSF are gifts for the whole church. What we can't do in one parish or in one human heart, the big, big human heart of the archdiocese can do in the multiple programs of diocesan services fund. Whether your gift is small or large, it's your participation that counts. You are what makes DSF supported ministries possible. Join me in supporting the mission of our local church today. This year's goal has been adjusted by the Archdiocese and has been reduced to $127,000. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to make that one this year, too. But it's not 135, it's 127. People often ask me, Well, you know, Father, what what should I give? What should I give? And oftentimes I'll just say, Well, think about a dollar a day. Dollar a day. That would be $33 a month for the next 11 months, because we're already through with January. That'd come out to about $365 for the year. The math's kind of funny, but we end up giving about a dollar a day for the whole year. But maybe that just sounds way too much. I can't do that. Well, let's t- talk about $10 a month. Now, it used to be, before McDonald's went back up, that you could get any size soft drink for a dollar. cost a dollar and eight cents. Now they've upped the price and it cost me a buck eighty nine to get a large Diet Coke. But let's talk about that ten dollars a month. I'm not going to name names, but you know, there are fancy coffee places around town. And to get a cup of coffee, you know, with a little bit of magic put into it, is is about five dollars. And yet yet I go and I see young people there and they're getting their fix of caffeine. And I got to tell you, I really have to tell you, I miss my father desperately, but I thank God that he didn't live to see a cup of coffee cost uh, $5. For him, it cost a nickel. It cost a nickel. The other thing while I'm talking about it that aggravates me is I go in and every once in a while will get me one of those fancy coffees. And then I turn and go over to where they keep all the chemicals, you know, the the cream and the non-dairy creamer and the sugar and the sweet and low and all that sort of stuff. I turn and there are about four young people standing there. They're all over it like this. And I just want to say in a loud voice, hey folks, It's a cup of coffee. It's not a science project. Just put some stuff in it, stir it, and go on. But no, they're measuring and stirring like, well, I don't know what. Maybe you get one of those on a regular basis. I'm saying drop two a month. It would be $10 a month. It'd be $110 for the year. DSF supports 64 separate ministries of our collective Catholic Church in the Archdiocese. I want to talk about four of them just very quickly. Number one is St. Dominic's Home for Retired Clergy. Priests live in church housing for the most part. They live a long life. They work for the church. They don't have a home. They've never been married. They didn't inherit that well. They need a place with dignity to go and live. St. Dominic's home for retired clergy. You saw pictures of the church feeding the poor and feeding the hungry. One of the things that DSF goes for is helping Catholic young people in Catholic schools across the archdiocese. I know we have some young people in, in the parish who go to Catholic schools, others that do not. But I got to tell you, that is becoming more and more important as our culture gets more and more <clears throat> unhappy with Catholic Christians. And talking about education, seminary education for the next group of priests who will be on the front line in an ever-increasing hostile world. So, if you brought your card from home, if you got it in the mail this last week or so, you brought it from home, it's already filled out, we ask you to throw it into the basket when it comes around for offertory. But if not, there are cards and envelopes in the pews. If somebody needs one, make sure that they can get to it. These are made specifically for St. Cyril of Alexandria Catholic Church. That's what that very first top thing says. But if you go to another parish and you just happen to be with us this Sunday and you want to fill yours out, just let us know what parish it needs to be uh, accredited to, whether it's St. John Vianney, St. Cecilia, St. Catherine of Siena. Put it right there. We need your name. We need your spouse's name, your last name. We need your mailing address, your apartment, city, state, your zip code, telephone. Let us know whether it's mobile or home or work. I only have one, and most of the time I'm using it as a camera. But yeah, I do have a cell phone. And your email address. If you really want to get high tech, take a little picture of this Rorschach thing. I don't know if any of you know what a Rorschach test is, but when you go to the psychologist, they show you these pictures, and you're supposed to tell them what you see. That kind of looks like a Rorschach test to me. But anyway, they tell me you can scan that, and it'll take you right to where you need to be so that you can give electronically. Let us know how you want to do it, whether it's a one-time gift, whether it's a monthly gift, how long, or if it's just one big gift and you're going to do it in July, just let us know. And then slip it in the envelope. You can take it home and mail it from home, but it's going to cost you a stamp. If you fill it out here and throw it in the alms basin into the basket, you're done. You know, Jesus said that, that we need to take this journey seriously. And stewardship is big part of taking our journey with Jesus seriously and one of the things I used to tell people a long time ago when I was raising funds for churches big money, new buildings paying off old debt all that sort of stuff is stewardship is everything that I do with everything that I have after I say Lord Jesus, I believe. So it's so it's easy sometimes to say those words, Lord Jesus, I believe. But Jesus was telling us in the gospel today that it's more than just lip service. It is not just barely clearing the high jump pole. It's making it over the top with six inches to spare. God bless you on your journey. Thank you and amen.